sitting in section 312. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Swazo Opinion. Swazo Opinion has been paying the Chicagoland area for the past 20 to 25 years. They do free estimates if you contact Raul Swazo at 630-272-2096 or email him at swazopainting at iCloud.com. They do interior, exterior, power washing, removing wallpaper, staining decks. You want to change the color of the kitchen to that new neutral gray or do you want to change the baby's den that you're about to have into a bright pink look daddy it's pink type deal give Raul Suazo a call 630-272-2096 today's episode of the podcast is also brought to you in part by one of our newest sponsors Bricks and Ivy Sports Bricks and Ivy Sports is a must stop for all sports collectors find unique autographed memorabilia licensed sports gifts and Bricks and Ivy also carry sports cards. They have the area's largest selection of hobby boxes, packs, and singles. They buy, sell, and trade with the customers as well, which is a very cool aspect of their store. You can check out their website at BricksandIvySports.com. And they have very frequent meet and greet signing events. Currently, they have Miguel Montero, the former Cub, coming up on July 20th, and Cubs legend Kerry Wood on September 7th. Go check them out, BricksandIvySports.com. In today's section, it's a scorcher. We have Rico Diamante, a local wrestler out in Maryland. We give our grades and break down the Bulls and Hawks draft picks. We talk who should be named an MLB All-Star on the Cubs and White Sox. Plus, NBA free agency is creeping upon us. To round out the show, we have an all-new BGOTW, Matt's Mind Moment, and we created a brand new segment called the Cup Snake Chaos. We'll get into that a little bit later. So stay in your seat, turn up your radio, and let's slither our way out of this very long introduction and jump right into the show. Let's just start Cubs and Sox. Because everything else is done right now. Cubs and Sox. The Cubs, they're playing the Braves right now. They just lost tonight. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Tyler Flowers yesterday on Monday gets very emotional and almost gets his ass kicked. Anthony Rizzo and Wilson Contreras and Kyle Schwarber almost got into a very large altercation with the entire Atlanta Braves roster. And Anthony Rizzo looked like he was ready to go to war. Wilson Contreras hit a home run, and something was said to the umpire, but Tyler Flowers didn't really like it, and he started bickering back with Wilson Contreras, and then they almost got into an A.J. Brzezinski, Michael Barrett moment. Uh, baseball fights are the worst fights, if I'm going to open this up with anything, because it's just like, I don't know. Like, you get fights in other sports, and, like, I see dudes in the NFL, like, going at it, and I'm like, I do not want to get in between that shit. Like, those dudes are going to rip someone's head off. Baseball, it's all, like, hold-me-back fights. It's not an actual fight. Like, baseball, it's just, like, get in your face and, like, maybe touch tips a little bit. But no one ever, like, you might get the rare, like, Yasiel Puig swing or, like, Rugendo door, like what we saw where he'll just, like, clock somebody. I think it was Joey Bats. But, I mean... These are all, like, stupid-ass things where, like, a pitcher or a catcher... Yeah, I'm, like, looking at it right now. Like, you disrespected my team. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I appreciate, I guess, catchers going at it, but, uh, you know, it, it's... I don't like the, the, the baseball brawls just don't don't hit right for me. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Tyler Flowers got really butthurt about the whole situation, though. He responded everybody's comments on Instagram. Everybody was asking him questions on Instagram and he went through about an hour to two hours worth and commented on everybody's comment. 
God, the the last thing you do if you're a professional athlete is just go into the comments. Come on, bro. What are you doing? Tyler Flowers, is he even starting for the Braves? He's a ex-White Sox, by the way, Tyler Flowers. Shout out the South Side. But, I man, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't be fucking on, like, in the Instagram comments, like, fighting back. And you're not going to go against Cubs fans. The fuck you mean? Like, that's just a losing fight. Like, you don't come out of this looking like you were defending your team. You just look dumb. Speaking of which, did you see the whole Mets deal where um, uh, Mickey Calloway and... One of their starters who I Jason can't. Jason, Jason yeah, yes, going after reporters in the locker room. It looks like baseball is just. Does baseball have a problem? We, we should get into it. Does, does baseball have a have a media problem or a social interaction problem? I don't know necessarily if it's a social interaction problem, but I feel like all these other sports, there's a lot more physicality to them, and I think we need to just open the rules of baseball to allow maybe a 10 second brawl during commercials, just like in semi pro where they're not trying to fight each other during the live broadcast. But right when it goes to a commercial, just a full out brawl just starts happening. What about like every month, each player gets one punch and you just get to, you, you get one punch a month that you can just drop on someone at any point, like Michael Barrett style. Like you can just, you can just like take a freebie and like whatever happens after that's up to you. But baseball isn't going to punish you for more than a game or two suspension. Like go hockey style with it. Like one Draymond kick to the groin. I'll give you two Draymond kicks to the groin as equivalent to one Michael Barrett sucker punch. The All-Star game is right around the corner. And believe it or not, but seven Cubs are on the ballot to be voted All-Star starters. I just want to jump out here and say this. Kyle Schwarber is one of those seven that can be eligible to become an all-star starter. The man is batting 230 with 16 home runs and 38 RBIs. That is not all-star caliber at all. No, that's literally all product of the fucking juiced baseballs that they're playing with right now. Like, that's, I mean, 16 home runs is not, like, Machado's has, what, 17? And, like, Machado's a great player, don't get me wrong, but, I mean... Kyle Schwarber should not be hitting as many home runs as Manny Machado and be in the all-star ballot. Like Machado brings a lot more value and I'm just using him as kind of a comparison point in terms of at least the home runs, right? But like 16 home runs is like the only stat that of his that I see that jumps off the page and 16 home runs doesn't mean anything to me now. Like, don't get me wrong. Like 10 years ago, 16 home runs before the all-star break about now is like pretty solid season. But with the way that the ball is just jumping off the bat this year, that's that means nothing. Yeah, I agree with you that the, he should not be an all star. And I, I don't, yeah, uh, there are like Javi Baez, put him there. Dude's electric. Like, love Javi Baez, even as a Sox fan. Like, put him in the show because he's at least a show, like a showman. Even Chris Bryant, Rizzo, like, th- those are good names. Like, Schwarber is strictly in, like, he's not on the Cubs. It just, can you look at me and tell me if he's not on the Cubs, he's not even being considered? No, great. Yeah, he definitely wouldn't be considered, especially the man's batting 230. That's not an all-star to me. So last week when we were talking, the Cubs-Sox series was just starting, and I think it was the night after we recorded that my man, Lucas Giolito, you guys fucking just stomped his streak into the ground, and I'm very upset by that. Like it was a seven to three loss. Giolito, you know, just just didn't have it, which is very sad. Johnny Lester pitched very well, and the White Sox have just been uh, slumping a little bit, to say the least. I mean, 
three and seven in their last ten is big yikes. I guess they broke my trend that I was talking about last week of they're always five and five or four and six in their last ten. We're in we're moving in the wrong direction, not the right one. Boston's worked them over in two games. The bullpen looks uh, annoyingly not good to begin with. Fucking Tim Anderson goes down tonight, which just I think you can hear it in my voice, just fucking ruins that shit. Like that that like the guy yeah, I wanna I wanna watch on the on the Sox is now out. And as a Sox fan, you're coming from a miserable place. And we don't even have a cup snake thing to look forward to. Like we don't even get that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that later because the cup snakes are a huge thing at Wrigley right now. Sticking with the shortstops right now, I just want to throw out a, a fun fact for you right now. The Cubs with Addison Russell in the starting lineup since he's been back are nine and sixteen with a minus sixteen run differential. Fucking good. Fuck that dude. That dude that dude sucks. I mean I the only <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna go purely uh we're gonna go purely sticking to sports here. I'm gonna call it we'll say it that way. Ignoring the dude off the field. If you're Theo, you're kind of butthurt at that though, because you know he's trade bait right now. And if he's kind of producing, well, what are his numbers? Addison Russell this year has 97 at bats with five home runs. He's hitting 227. Yeah, that's uh, that's not very good there, Jim. This, that's not very good. His WAR is a .4. Oh, it's better than being negative, but I mean, it, he's no value then. I mean, like, you know, if you're Theo, at least you're trying to, like, flip him for some value right now, and then you're not getting that. That's 36 games. In 36 games, he's batting 227 with five home runs, and he's got 12 RBIs, and he's struck out 26 times. But here's another fun fact for you. Over his entire career, he has not had a year where his batting average has been above a 250. Really, I could just warn he's done better than that. Wow. Maybe he's just, dude, I kind of feel like Addison is just definitely a product of the solid pieces that have been around him, and if you put him in an isolated situation, he's going to fucking suck. The 2016 year when they won the World Series, he hit 238. Yikes, that's not good. But he had, had 95 RBIs and 21 home runs. Yeah, that's those are like not. I don't know, man. That, that those still aren't good numbers though for a shortstop, right? Like I don't know. I mean, in the modern MLB, where you're, you're all about analytics. What what was his what was his on base or like on base plus slugging for 2016 or this year? For 2016. For 2016, his uh his OPS was 7.38 and his slugging percentage was 4.17. Yeah, those aren't good numbers, dude. That The 96 RBIs is really inflated. That's just a result of a lot of people in front of him being on base. I mean, it's, it's I guess, timely hitting, but like that's really not, like, I would have expected a lot better out of that. I don't know. I mean, either way, I feel like with, with the pipeline the Cubs have, with the situation they have up at the top level, you're trying to flip him for pieces right now. You're trying to get prospects back for him. He's, he's not a good person the cubs fans don't like him he's he's a low stock so maybe you hold on to him until he starts rising but i mean big yikes for addison russell big yikes so i want to stick in the mlb here and get and get your thoughts the on a little something something that dropped 
over the last week while we've been gone. And that was your Tampa Bay Rays, Quentin. Looking at becoming a split franchise between <laughs> Tampa Bay and Montreal. <laughs> give me a give me a gut reaction. It makes no sense. I don't understand. That's completely two different directions so far up north and so far down south. That makes no sense to me at all. Like, I understand nobody's going to the Tampa Bay games, even when they were in first place. Nobody's going to the fucking games. I understand that. But how about just a relocation of a team, you know? If, if you want them to go to back up to Montreal, then we need to get rid of the Rays and bring back the fucking Expos. That's what you got to do. Don't have them play in two different places. Make these players go and buy two separate homes to have one in Canada and in Florida. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. Wants to live in Montreal, too. Like, let's call a spade a spade here. <laughs> like, Montreal is the worst part of Canada. Like, that's French Canada. And we don't like fucking French Canada. Oh, we don't want that. We don't want, like, people were wearing suits to the games back in, like, 1999. Like, Montreal is not a place to move the race. And, like, if you think that's going to, I mean, maybe they'll rally around them a little bit. But, like, it, that's, I don't know. I feel like there's better locations. Like, honestly, I'm going to I'm gonna throw this out here. Give Oklahoma City a baseball team over over Montreal. It's it's not a huge market, but I feel like if you put it in Oklahoma, you'll draw crowds from that because I feel like a lot of the Oklahoma fans, if anything, are probably going to St. Louis Cardinals games, and like I feel like that's still like a regional, like that's a team that could regionally get around it, right? You have basketball in the spring or basketball in the winter and spring, baseball in the throughout the summer and fall. Like I think that makes more sense, but I don't think I've heard a single take that was in support of this. Like I I think it was so. The 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 um needle on this is pointing so one direction. Like I almost want to just be a sarcastic asshole and say it's a good idea, and I I have no outs to like even try to pitch that stupid shit. What would even be the team name in Oklahoma if they went out there? So like it would be like the Oklahoma Dust Dogs or something. The Dust Rays. I mean, right now you have the Thunder in the NBA, and then for baseball it could be Lightning. I don't know. But they already have the. T- <laughs> And they double entendre it with the Tampa Bay Lightning, so they because the Tampa Bay Lightning is the hockey team in Tampa Bay. <laughs> that's a, that, that's a little problematic. Oakland, <laughs> the Athletics, are they getting a new stadium? Um, I remember if they are or not, because the Oklahoma Athletics sound very convincing to me. If they relocated to Oklahoma, no. The A's aren't going to move. The A's, I think, are getting a new stadium. I think the Coliseum is getting either re- just torn down or repurposed. Yeah, because it holds like 80,000 people and nobody fucking goes. Yeah, I don't know whose idea it was, but like someone needs to put in jail the guy who said, let's make it a football and a baseball stadium because that's just problematic for both sides. I fucking hate when the Raiders would play and the dirt from the baseball diamond would be on the fucking field. It looked atrocious. I'm so glad that the Las Vegas Raiders are getting a new stadium. Talk about talk about like an interesting variable for when you're trying to gamble on a game. It's like, oh, what if my kicker has to kick the game-winning field goal off the fucking dirt instead of like that? That's a compounding variable. That's, that's unpredictable. All right. You got a gun to your head. You got to choose. You play a football field on the Coliseum field, well, or you have. 
You said play a football field. Okay. Hypothetical here. You got a gun to your head. You got to play a football game on the Oakland field or on Northwestern's football field. <laughs> Cody Parker oh, kicker for both for both uh, venues. Well, knowing like it's it doesn't matter who your kicker is in either of those situations, especially if you're at Northwestern because the grass is going to come up and fucking wrap around your ankle as you're trying to run and fucking dislocate an ankle joint. So, honestly, I'm going to go with Oakland strictly because 10% of the Oakland field I know is a is a baseball field, so I have to deal with ten percent of that. Whereas, like a hundred percent of the Northwestern field is shit. You know what? So, you know what? Uh, o- you know what Oakland's field reminds me of. It reminds me of NFL Street. Yes, yes, literally, it's it's it looks like it's like a back alley. Like me and some, me and the boys are gonna fucking go play like a game of fucking ratchet tackle football with no pads out. And like, yeah. It's like someone blows their shoulder. when the guy's like, come back when you got a team. And they show up at the Coliseum and they're like, all right. (laughs) Dude, I feel like like, that's when like you have that one hardo that's trying too hard in tackle football. And he like blows someone's shoulder up and you're just like, dude, we're just out here trying to have fun. And like he fucking comes out of nowhere. He's like trying to like Ray Lewis kids where he's like launching himself across the field and like diving shoulder first, fucking giving everyone concussions, shoving your little brother over and shit like with stiff arms. The worst. So the Cubs and the White Sox, the All-Star game is slowly creeping up. I'm sorry I have nothing else for the White Sox, but I'm just really depressed over this Tim Anderson injury right now, and it's just been a, such a fucking slow last couple of weeks with it. I mean, it's it, or last week with it. It's You know what this means. It means that they're going to recall Daniel Polka. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Don't say that, bro. Don't you put that on me, Quentin Michaels. <laughs> so the Cubs and the Sox, like I said, they're both uh, slowly creeping into the all-star break, but it is draft season. And I got to say, we do not show enough love to our Chicago Blackhawks. The three Stanley Cups, you know, could be a little bit of love. But now, you know, Matt's got the one from those St. Louis Blues. But the NHL draft was this past week, and the Blackhawks passed on the top defenseman. Instead, they drafted a kid named Kirby Doc, who is a center, and they took him at number three in the draft. He had 73 points in the Western Hockey League. The dude is pretty big. He's 6'4", 198 pounds, and he skates very well for his size. Uh, Stan Bowman, though, said that he will have a chance to compete for a roster spot. Now, this is what I don't understand. If you take a kid at number three, what the fuck are you talking about? He has a chance to make the roster over the dude you could have drafted. That's a guarantee on the roster spot. Why would you take somebody with a third pick if you didn't think they were going to make the fucking roster? Um, I would, you know, potentially a hot take here, but maybe it's prepping for the post Kane and Taze days that might be coming up soon. You know, they got big contracts on Taze that's going to be running up soon. I mean, I don't know. This is just spitballing because I don't know anything about the uh, Hawks cap situation or what they have in the pipeline down in the minors. But it could be just a grooming experience for this guy. Let him get some solid minutes down in the minor leagues. 
and prep your next generation of talent in what you're not going to call a full rebuild, but rebuild on the side while you still have some superstars up top. I don't know. That's just general speculation from a naive uh, part-time hockey fan. Cause I'll just be fucking honest about it. So, so that was my only problem with it because everybody Wait. thought they were going to take this top defenseman and instead they take this center with the third pick. Wait, Quentin, I want you to tell me what town name he will be sent back down to. I want you to pronounce that for me. It was Saskatoon. <laughs> Say it with a Canadian accent. Kirby Doc will be sent back to Saskatoon. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, you ever go back to, oh, you ever go down to Saskatoon, eh? I hear they have the best mead in, do they have mead in Canada? Is is that your friend in the uh, the wood chipper? Oh, they got the best Molson in Central Canada out at my favorite bar out in Saskatoon. My girl Ida, she's from fucking way north of Saskatoon. But when we need to meet up for a little quickie, you know, a little rub rub tug tug, we go out to Saskatoon. You, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we'll, we'll fall back to it. If you're a resident of Saskatoon, you're a Saskatonian. So that's our Canadian fact of the day. So that was, and that was hockey. Go Hawks. (laughs) So we're going to stick it with the Madhouse and Madison because the Bulls had the NBA draft as well. And I want to know what the fuck they were thinking letting Kobe White drop to the Bulls pick. I love it. I love it. I went nuts with the, okay, first things first. Because if this ever gets dug up, I'm going to have to eat the trash on this. I'm not deleting tweets anymore. I called him Colby. And so I'm going to apologize firsthand for calling him Colby White, not Kobe White. I realized that immediately and I was like, do I delete it? I'm like, you know, what? I'll just I'll just eat it. If anyone wants to call me out on it, that's fair. So I'm going to first publicly apologize to Kobe White for calling him Colby. Second off, I am in love with it. I'm getting my Colby White jerk. Fucking, I'm going to keep fucking doing that. I'm sorry. I'm going to get my Kobe White jersey going all white. I love it. A point guard with some swag. By the way, super good dude, it seems like. Just like watching his reaction to Cam Johnson getting drafted. Honestly, I like it a lot because it's almost like the antithesis to Derrick Rose, who was very quiet, very reserved, all about not I want to say it was all about D Rose, but D Rose wanted to do everything himself. And I feel like these kind of guys that are growing up with AAU connections are a lot more open to and like Kobe White is a good example of like if he blows up, he could definitely be a guy who's like, hey, come play come play for the Bulls, like come here, like recruits other guys, gets big names into the city, not the kind of dude like Rose who's gonna say, No, I'm not recruiting, I'm not about that. That's not my job. I, I really appreciate that. And I'm 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 big. I'm big on the uh, the NBA on our draft pick, and you know what? Guard packs have hit looked like pretty well in their last two pick sevens. So let's hit that triple seven like Vegas casino style and like hit a jackpot. So I'm not entirely sold on Kobe White. I like him, but my only concern is what did the other teams see that the Bulls didn't? that allowed him to drop what did they see in culver to draft him higher than kobe white um i'm gonna just give gut reactions to it is first off i mean the first the only pick i think that leads me to say that someone didn't see something in kobe white is that 
Jarrett Culver didn't go to the Timberwolves, which we were, I was very convinced was going to happen. Uh, that being Kobe White to the Timberwolves when they traded, when they made the trade. But I, I would assume that maybe the Timberwolves just thought he had better talent to be an, a better all-around pro. I'm not entirely sure because, frankly, the Timberwolves needed a point guard. So I'm looking at, I mean, Tyus Jones. Derek Rose is now, yeah, you're right. And Tyus Jones is a free agent, too. So is Derek Rose. Yeah, Jeff Teague. I mean, Jeff Teague's going to be playing the one for them. I've heard multiple reports that they have a strong interest in D'Angelo Russell. I mean, I feel like, yeah, you know, that might be that might be a good that would make a lot of sense in on in, in honesty. It would be them going for a them having to go for a big point guard. I don't see why you take a two in that situation when you have I mean, the best player on the board, like consensus best player on the board was um, Kobe White. Like it was agreed like Culver was seven. White was six. Uh, I was, I was thought it was interesting. I'll, I'll call it that the Knicks were doing a bunch of workouts, but I was listening to Rosillo today and apparently he dropped that, um, the Knicks just got cold feet or not cold feet, but were concerned that Memphis might've wound up taking RJ Barrett with the second pick and that they were having doubts on John Morant. So there was some logic behind it's all the drafts already in New York. So work out a bunch of guys just to have a backup plan. Uh, I, I don't know. Were there was there anything else like Bull Bull seems to be like an interesting kind of hit piece that that poor fucking dude was stuck sitting in the green room, dropped to pick like mid forties. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because the Bulls had a chance to get him, and instead they take Gafford. The Bulls took Daniel Gafford, who's out of Arkansas. I I know the name. I didn't watch a lot of him play. He's six eleven. And he's a big guy. To be fair, though, do, do we really watch? Like, I mean, the second round has like a bunch of dudes. You're like, oh yeah, like kind of remember that. Like Ty Jerome is like the only guy like I can remember. I mean, bias because you know we we were big on UVA. Thank God we won our pool. Shout out section three with your bracket. That you know was was a well known dude. But I feel like at that point, like a lot of it's just darts at a dartboard. Like they're just grabbing random dudes in Latvia and saying, Hey, you, you're over six ten and can shoot a three, like come play in the NBA. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but, uh, I hope that Gafford, you know, develops into like a Bobby Portis and he gets some minutes and plays. But like I said, I'm just not sold completely on Kobe white. So let's just break it down. I'll, right away, I'll start with my overall grade for the Bulls draft. I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them a B as of right now, just because I don't necessarily know what Kobe White is gonna bring to them. I don't know if it's gonna throw off the chemistry of the team or if he's gonna try and be like the ISO type point guard and try and score all the time, or is it he if he's gonna try and just make everybody else better by getting Lowry because Zach Levine's the number one option and Lowry's in the number two. Kobe White shouldn't even be trying to be the number one option right now. No, I mean, I don't think that that's the, I mean, I'm pretty sure his grades came out that he was like a very, uh, not, he was, he's a, not, he's a good scorer, but gonna spread the ball around type point guard like i don't think he's like a give me the ball iso Kyrie irving type point guard that's get out of the way let me drive and score 
Like, I think he, I don't know who his uh, NBA comp was exactly, but he didn't, he seemed to fit the system perfectly that they want. Like, he'll distribute a ton, and but he's also will be able to make some plays, like, on the court. I mean, it, it seems like it's fair to say they'll probably be starting, barring them signing, I don't know, maybe you go after Patrick Beverly and let him mentor Kobe White a little bit. Like, I think that'd be a cool pick. Like, I've been big on the Beverly train since he's been saying that he wants to play in Chicago. Like, I'm, I'm all for that. If you... If you're Chicago and free agents don't want to play there, when you finally get a dude that's a solid NBA veteran that says, hey, I want to go play for the Bulls, like, I don't see why you don't give him, like, show the NBA free agents that, like, you're willing to, like, not bend over and, like, spread them cheeks for those dudes, but you know what I'm saying? Like, give some love to people that want to play for you because it doesn't happen that fucking often, so... Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because let's just jump in here to the free agent market that is uh, coming around the corner here. The Bulls have about $22 million in cap space. I didn't think that they had this much about a month to two months ago. I didn't think they had that much, but Robin Lopez is expected not to return. He's an unrestricted free agent, and there are a lot of big-name free agents that are out there. I don't see them offering anybody a huge max deal now that we signed Kobe White, but I could see them going out and getting, you know, a couple veteran pieces, whether or not they want to bring, um, I've heard that they want to bring back maybe Taj Gibson and Derek Rose to mentor the, uh, the younger guys and the big guys that are down there. Uh, I've heard, like you said, Patrick Beverly, and I've also heard a little bit of Julius Randle. But I got, I, I got some, I got something tasty for you. We, uh, we make a little swipe from our good friends up north in Milwaukee, and scoop Malcolm Brogdon, who's going to be a restricted free agent at the two. Brogdon gave him good minutes. He was starting some games for the Bucks. He's a solid ass player. Like if you watch him, he is very solid. A young guy. He's still growing into his game because he, I think he played three, four years at UVA, but. Brogdon was, he had an injury, a little injury trouble at the beginning of the playoffs, came back, had some solid performances. I like a little Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, he's 26. So you keep the age down. You can sign him for a little bit. He's a restricted free agent, which is kind of, you know, you're not getting, you're getting into offer sheet stuff. But I think he's a young guy that might be able to fit your scheme. So I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that. I like Malcolm Brogdon. I just know he's going to want a lot of money. He's going to want about $19 million a year. And I don't necessarily know if we should pay him that. The Bucks aren't going to sign him. I, I just don't. I don't see it happening because they're going to clear up for Chris Middleton, who declined his option. I don't think they're going to get Chris Middleton back. Oh, I think the Bucks are going to. I think they're going to clear out for Chris Middleton. I think. I don't know if that's the right decision. That's that's arguable, but I think I think there's a. You know, I think they're going to go for Chris Middleton. I mean. Other than that, like I'm, I'm going through it. I mean, I don't think you want to pay a lot of money to a big man when you're putting a lot of money in. No, I don't either. So you know, I mean, Brogdon's you know six five can play the one and the two. You bring him in, you get a young guard. I mean, Danny Green is another option, but he's a little older. He's gonna want a lot of money. I'm, I don't want to pay him. I hear, I hear that he's looking at the Lakers right now, and the Clippers. I mean that. That's a good move for LA. 
You know, I don't want to get into L.A. talk because we talk fucking enough about him as it is. But like that would be a really good move for the Lakers. I also have heard, though, that uh, Bradley Beal is trying to get on the Toon Squad for Space Jam 2. Wow, nobody really wants to be on the Toon Squad, so it's pretty funny that, like, I mean, they have, who, who uh, do you have the cast that they're going with? I know it's Davis, LeBron. Clay Thompson. <laughs> Clay, I forgot about that. That's really interesting. That could be big for Clay. I'm not going to lie. Does no. mean the Lakers are looking at Clay? I mean, I think it does. I don't think it's going to happen though. Like, if you're if you're if you're the Warriors, you 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 bend over backwards and you give Clay a max deal. Like, you give him all the money. So before we get away from the NBA free agent talk, there's also a lot of rumors surrounding former Chicago Bull Jimmy Butler, the Houston Rockets are apparently trying to work out a sign-and-trade deal with the Philadelphia 76ers in order to re-sign Jimmy Butler and trade him to Houston. I'm assuming Clint Capella would be... Clint Capella and P.J. Tucker would be in that deal. Yeah, maybe Gordon, too. I mean... Yeah, Eric Gordon. I mean... you're That would be a really interesting trio... <laughs> James Harden, Jimmy Butler, and Chris Paul, which on paper sounds amazing, but in the locker room is going to be absolute fucking chaos. Jimmy Butler is like nose to the grindstone, like go, go, go type dude. And like James Harden is like, yo, I'm going to go drop 30 and then go to the fucking bottle service at the bar in the club downtown. So like, I'll see y'all later. And like Chris Paul's like, I'm going to go do a State Farm commercial. So, like, I feel like the dynamic there in on the numbers side, it's really good. On the people side, it's not going to match up if that's it. But I, I, I think you're probably uh, on the right train of thought with, like, who you're looking at for that for sure. And the last thing I want to say about the NBA right now, I don't know if you saw the awards show. Giannis was named the MVP, but John Wall stole the show. Uh, I saw the he was high as fuck or something like wait could you explain explain it to drew because drew's dumb yeah i'm just gonna play it for you and i want you to listen uh it john wall looks like he took too many painkillers for that achilles or whatever he did but you know what's fuck is that was that was my good reaction too is that sounded like some fucking like an oxy type like situation up there bro i will give you a million dollars if you could tell me what he says are you ready yeah, go for it. As a player who has made a major impact on lives of others with this community assist presented by Kaiser Permite. This year's winner is my brother, my friend, and my teammate. I can tell you his commitment to the youth of our city has already already changed their future. Something my brother and my teammate. I'm Roberto Clemente. So this is from at Thundergod13 on Twitter. So he says this year's winner is my brother and teammate for his commitment to my youth, to the youth and the help of minorities. But I had to listen to that with it like right next to my ear. In theory, it's slurred out as, this is my teammate, my brother. I am Roberto Clemente. Um, <laughs> John Wall sounded like Aaron Rodgers after uh, the first Thursday night football game against the Bears when he was painkillered up. Good thing we couldn't see his eyes. But the best part is when you, it scrolls over and 
and Michael Ely is sitting right next to him who gave him the award and like his face just has a look like the fuck is going on right now. Did he win the award? I maybe I can't, I can't tell if he won the award or if he <laughs> if he won the award or if he was receiving the award and giving a thank you speech like it I I really don't have a great answer as to which one is which. So there were rumors that the Nets were getting DeAndre Jordan and they were going to sign him because he's boys with Kevin Durant and that's going to cause KD to go sign with the Nets and this shit is going too far man I just got to say like we're going you know what I'm getting intel right now I got I got a source don't don't ask me who the source is they shall remain unnamed that Kevin Durant's personal trainers brothers dog walkers sisters ex-boyfriend who left her for an Instagram model has now been hired by the the Phoenix Suns. So, I mean, I guess by default, we also have to figure that he's going to the Suns, too. I mean, this shit's getting outrageous that it's like we're 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 scraping the bottom of the barrel this far to figure out where he's going to go, dude. Like, and Leonard was seen at Home Depot purchasing moving boxes. Well, that, I mean, Kawhi's probably just building a fort with them. He's probably just going to make some, like, sort of little uh, cave around his house that he never has to even worry about leaving. Let's get into our interview this week. We have Rico Diamante, DJ Red Boogie. It's the man with three names. He is a local wrestler out in Maryland. We had a great conversation with him and what it's like to be a good guy and a heel and what's the easiest route to become you know, a beloved wrestler in his community. It's something he loves to do. He's a diehard Carolina Panthers fan as well. We talked to him a little bit about the Carolina Panthers. So here is our interview with Rico Diamante. Now sitting in section 312, we welcome on the man with three different names. He goes by Mason Xavier, Rico Diamante, and DJ Rev Boogie. I got to jump right out of the gates. How did you come up with the name DJ Rev Boogie? It's kind of interesting because me being like Cam Newton's biggest fan ever since I was 12 years old, he went by DJ Ace Boogie. And since I was being called Rev in um, high school all the time based off of the uh, Remember the Titans character, um, I just threw Rev in there and made it my own. I, I like that a lot. I mean, three names, man. You must have an eventful life. Like, how did how did that all come about? You just woke up one day and decided, you know, I'm going to be a voice for the Carolina Panthers, wrestle, and be a normal person at the same time. Pretty much. Yeah, there's not much explanation with that. I'm just. Like, Rico Diamante actually came from math class. I do remember that because I was bored one day, and I knew I wanted to get into wrestling. So I was like, man, I need a name. I need a name. I need a name. So then I first I uh, thought of Ricky Diamond, and I was like, okay, that sounds smooth, but I'm, I guarantee there's about five other wrestlers out there with that name. So I was like, let's translate it to Spanish. <laughs> so I did, and there we go. I was going to say, I think that's a good go-to move with a nickname. If there's a little bit of a saturation of it out there, you just kind of switch it to the Spanish version, and then you get a little to it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It rolls off the tongue a little bit better. 100%. So you brought it up. We could just dive right in, right? So you mentioned you were into wrestling. You wanted to become a pro wrestler. You're aspiring to be a pro wrestler. Mm -hmm. What led you to pursue that career? Like, What kind of drew you to that pathway? Uh, first, let me start with the inspirations. I grew up watching 
I grew up in the era of like Edge and The Undertaker and Kurt Angle and all of those guys. And I was always more drawn towards Edge because he was this savage heel that like he would take your girl. And then he had a live sex celebration with her after he won the title and all of that good stuff. And I was like, I want to be that guy. <laughs> and um, The Undertaker, I was always drawn to uh, just his mystique and his aura. Every time he walked um, out onto the stage, everybody just froze and they were in awe of who he was and again i wanted that feeling for me uh what got me there because i'm crazy i mean (laughs) a lot of guys you got to be crazy to do what we do i mean we put our bodies through the ringer but at the end of the day it's for the enjoyment of the fans and for the enjoyment of ourselves really so what is the craziest object that you've been hit with Oh, God, I just started. Uh, But, like, I'm in training now. So, actually, I just left training. I'm still outside the building. What have I been hit with? As of now, it's probably been a trash can in practice. Somebody (laughs) just picked up a trash can. But I'm sure there will be many different things as time goes along. Like, I'm looking forward to those hardcore matches where I'm hit with, like, I don't know, a freaking something. I don't know, a wooden board or a fire extinguisher. That's what right, I had. Fire extinguisher, all those kind of things. Because <laughs> I was going to ask you if you could pick a prop to hit one of us over the head with in a match. Well, what would it be? Like if you had to pick a favorite to, to make a seam with. Yeah, what, because when I think of like an object too, you kind of like got to grasp it and make it like an image. You know, like Sting had the baseball bat and right. Sting had the kendo stick. Like you, what what is what would be your go to? You come out with all the time. Oh God, for my character. It would probably be, ooh, I'm going to say a hairbrush. (laughs) It's unique, but, like, my character is that pretty boy. He always wants to make sure his hair is straight. He always wants to make sure, you know, eyebrows good to go. So I think a hairbrush would be interesting, or an afro pick, because I actually have long hair now. So one of those two things. Stab somebody with an afro pick, I think I'd probably run away scared because you can't see because I'm wearing a hat right now, but I am like hair challenged. So I think <laughs> a hairbrush would probably, you'd probably get away with it with me. Uh, it would be terrifying. So <laughs> definitely get over though. They'd be like, hey, he doesn't have any hair. <laughs> you'd be going use it. Yeah, another yeah, yeah, one Uh <laughs> So I also noticed that you comment wrestling or you'll do some commentary with it. Uh, I, I got to ask, would you say it's more exciting to pull off a big move in the ring or actually be able to watch someone else pull one off. Obviously to some degree, it's fun to be able to do it yourself, but do you think you get more into it if you're watching it or you're the one actually doing the move? Absolutely. Because if I, um, Oh God, what's one of my biggest moves right now? Oh, a super kick. For example, I think I have a video of that up on my page. I did a super kick. I can't just, my character can celebrate, but I can't get up and scream. Oh my God. He just super kicked his head off. Yeah. So it's I think it's more fun to call it. I'm not even going to lie, but doing it myself and being able to hear the reaction, there's nothing like it. You get the, rest that, of the crowd in you 100 percent. Right. Well, you can go ahead. Is that your finishing move? Oh, no. What's your finisher? At, my finishing move right now is the Diamante cutter, which is just <laughs> the diamond cutter. Except it translated <laughs> to Spanish. I know. I like that because a lot of wrestlers, like even in the WWE and everything, like they have a very hard time naming their finishers, and I think that's just a brilliant name for a finishing move. Yeah, just like that, man. You you were ready for that too. You you knew right away. You're like, yes, like we got it down. Oh yeah, 
because Diamond so, Dallas Page had it, and I was like, well, I was like, might as well make it my own now. He, has, <laughs> he hasn't been wrestling in ages, so. You, you spun it to Spanish, too. It's completely different. Right. <laughs> so, I got to I gotta ask, because I was watching some of your match highlights, and sometimes if I feel like you guys get a little frustrated with the refs. You know, I understand they're actors, and I see how many times that their hands actually hit the mat for three. And even uh-huh. commentators, you know, will say, oh, he hit three, he hit three, but you can't, you know, end it there because you obviously know who wins and you got to right. play it off. So what what do you, like, say to the to the referees after and be like, hey, you guys got to get better, or are you guys just strictly furious because it's interfering with how you guys look as performers? Actually, um, I didn't say anything because I'm the new kid on the block and I don't need that heat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I've had guys say to me after the match, uh, that referee needs to you know, get it together. He needs to work on his counting, this, that, and the next. But I'm, uh, you just kind of nod, and I was like, I made it work, and the other guy made it work. We played the fans with it, and they were like, I mean, they were saying I was three, and I'm sitting there. I don't know if you saw it, but I'm sitting there with that look in my face like, come on, Raph. <laughs> so it kind of worked out a little bit. So I got to bring up, I, I was watching a couple of your matches, and uh, you, you guys were fighting some kids? What, what, what happened with that? <laughs> um, that was actually a student battle royal. So with all of the participants, let's see, it was myself. Chris, Tyson, well, crap, I'm calling him by their real names. Well, no, Chris, Chris is, he translate over. Um, we had a few guys in there. It was seven of us. I think only five of us were um, over 18, so the other two were 17 <laughs> apiece. And, um, yeah, it was interesting to work with those younger guys like that because it's, like, I'm always the younger guy being 19. So, yeah actually being the vet in a situation like that, it was kind of cool being able to be like, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And um, being able to call the shots a little more. And um, my opinion, it definitely worked out in the end. So what did the kid in the camo pants say about your mom that got you so pissed off? Because I was watching a little bit of it, and, and there, there was someone in camo pants, and, and it looked like he said something to you, man, and you, you just took off. So I, I was wondering if there was anything behind that. That was in the beginning of the match, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he didn't say anything to me. He was actually sucking up because we were both heels. Um, he was talking about the other two guys because all three of them had makeup on. And the story was, in that situation, these two young kids just stole my makeup. They stole my look. And I did it first, and I did it right, this, that, and the next. So then I just so happened to walk between them. He was like, you! And I turned around. He's like, you're good. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you, you can't take Rico Diamante's makeup, obviously. You can't fuck with that. Exactly. <laughs> way too much of the image right so you personally do you like being the heel more than the face oh by far why why is that number one is easier but number two i feel like it lets out a side of me that i can't let out in my daily life because like at work for example like if i have a customer that pisses me off i I can't really turn into rico diamante (laughs) on him in the freaking (laughs) store I kind of got to be diplomatic. I got to like, listen, I'm sorry, this, that, and the next. But I can ball up that frustration, and I can take it out in the ring. Like, let me tell you something, you entitled piece of blank, 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 and just go. Oh, you can swear on here, too. Yeah, you can curse. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll let you know before. Um, Well, I mean, hey, maybe if, uh, well, you could technically do it at work. But if you hit someone with a hairbrush over the head and, like, you know, knock out a customer or something, you know, it might not work out well on the other side. But, I mean, yeah, that's possible. 
Um, all right. So I want to get into detail. Real, real quick, real quick, but because yeah. because he brought this up, and I got to know what do you do for work? You know, what is your what's your day? What is Rico Diamante's day job? Oh, I'm an assistant manager at a sports store. Uh, it's called Olympia Sports. I just gave him this free freaking advertisement. They better be paying me extra. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm an assistant manager there for now until I go up. Until <laughs> we see it's it. A thing. So yeah, we'll see you on Monday Night I'm Raw. 18, so. I said until we see you on Monday Night Raw. You, right. <laughs> so I, I want to move it over to DJ Rev Boogie a little bit, though. The Twitter persona. We, we want to talk a little Panthers here. Unless, Quentin, okay. do you have anything else? No, I'm good. Okay, okay. Okay. How are you feeling about the Panthers this year, number one? We'll just start out easy. Um, You know what? Uh, it's same old, same old. As far as the offense goes, we started out, obviously, everybody saw we started out 6-2, and two, and uh, I really liked what I saw, and then the uh, Steelers game happened. People blame that game on Cam Newton's injury, which, yes, that was a part of it, but I feel like that game completely took the air out of the entire team. And going forward, it just it showed we lost seven out of the last eight. Yeah. So uh, this year, I feel like the offense, we're in the same situation, except Cam is healthy. And we got Chris Hogan now, who is one of the more reliable targets in the league. He's not going to give you a 1,200-yard season, but I feel like he'll do enough for us to you know, uh, make an impact on offense. We got McCaffrey, some good young backups. Oh, my gosh, I've been waiting for that. You guys got and, Christian um, McCaffrey on steroids. Right. Oh God. Yeah, HGH Elijah, came out looking but like we got hole. Jordan Scarlett now and Elijah Holyfield. Elijah Holyfield actually went undrafted when he shouldn't have, but I, I'm grateful this happened. Um, but the offense, I have the same feeling as I did last year. Just the fact that we have a few new weapons and a healthy Cam Newton defense, I feel so much better. It's a it's a breath of fresh air. We were absolutely horrible last season, and um, we brought on all of these defensive pieces, whether through the draft or through free agency. So we got uh, Brian Burns and Christian Miller in the draft, and Two guys, first of all, Christian Miller, I believe, was a first-round talent who slipped all the way till the fourth. So I, I'm pretty optimistic about that. Uh, Bruce Irvin and most recently uh, Gerald McCoy. Uh, I, whew, I'm excited. <laughs> My only concern is that safety position, though, because Rashawn Golden, I believe he can be good, and I believe he can be one of the um, – he can be a cornerstone on the defense. It's just that he's unproven right now. So well, that's my only well, your safety concern, isn't Eric Berry still a free agent? Yes, and um, so is Trey Boston. And Trey Boston, I believe, is the cheaper option of the two right now. I could be wrong on that, uh, but I believe he is. Yeah, no, Especially. Trey Boston would be. Yeah. So it's like, and he's coming back to his hometown of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I think it would work out huge with that signing. But if Eric Berry is willing to become a Carolina Panther, absolutely. I will not turn either one away. So, I mean, there is no right or wrong answer. But as to those two, almost anybody else is kind of the wrong answer. But just pick one of those two, and we're good. Uh, quick here, I'll just hit it with a quick hitter. Opinions on Cam's fashion game? What, what, what I love you, it. You do. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love originality. I don't like you know those cookie cutter outfits. I I love just everything he wears. I can going back to the wrestling part of me. I'm kind of gonna use a little bit of that. So. <laughs> Um, got Spanish uh, twang to it. You're good. <laughs> right. I love seeing everybody um, just be themselves. I love seeing just going over to basketball, Russell Westbrook and the way he dresses. Even back to Dennis Rodman, for God's sake, as crazy as he was, I believe that, I mean, the expression just it catches you, you know? Mm -hmm. The individuality aspect of it, 100%. Right. Yeah. So sticking with the Panthers, 
How do you feel about Greg Olson? He's hurt like every single year. Do you feel like there's other tight ends that should be getting more playing time even when Greg is healthy? And maybe you should kind of just ease him in? Or do you think, you know, he still needs to start every single game? Um, here's how I feel on that. Ian Thomas definitely needs to be the starter. Not week one. Okay, I'm not going to say week one. I'll say about week four, week five. Kind of let Greg Olson get in the swing of things. But as the season progresses, I feel like you ease Ian Thomas into that starting role. Because, I mean, he is the future. He had a phenomenal last few games last year. And uh, Greg Olson, we don't know his future right now. Um, right now he's in, like, he's kind of flirting with football and, um, being an analyst too is, we should, at this point with his age and, um, the amount of younger weapons we have on the team and the potential that, uh, we have, I think it's, it's going to be time. Eventually it's going to break my heart cause I love Greg Olson, but I mean, it, it's time. Yeah, you guys. Uh, so we're we're obviously Chicago based here. So you guys stole him from us. So you guys are welcome for that. Because <laughs> we pretty much gave him to you on like a flyer deal. But right. <laughs> so you're in Maryland right now. And yes. did you grow up in Carolina, or how did you become a Panthers fan? Because oh, you know, this is a, I've been waiting on this story. Now I get to doodoo on the home team. So um, I was a Ravens fan. Admittedly, it's painful to say, but from let's see maybe first grade to about the time matter of fact it was the year they won the super bowl and um i just realized it's kind of like when you're dating a girl and it's like yeah you look good but i'm i'm not in love with you you feel me it's like yeah it's a good look because you're the home team it's a good look because you know everybody around me is going for the home team and if you go against the ravens in maryland then you're a traitor you're this year that and the next but then i saw this quarterback well no let me backtrack um, Joe Flacco got that huge deal after the Super Bowl, and I was like, uh-uh. I was like, I, I cannot stay with this guy. I'm sorry. It is not looking too bright for the future if they give this man this amount of money, and now you're about to lose all the key pieces that actually won you the freaking championship to begin with. Now moving forward. So I'm like, okay, well, I got to do something. So now I see Cam Newton, and um, I remember my coach back when I played football, he was like, oh, you remind me of a younger Cam Newton. So, of course, I looked up his highlights and everything. And, of course, this is where the falling in love happened. I'm like, oh, Cam Newton, cool dude. And then after Cam, it was probably Luke and then Greg. And then it just snowballed from there. And now I ain't switching teams ever again. This is my <laughs> squad for life. You had you had the young love. You realized you weren't in love. Now now you found the pretty girl that you're trying to spend the rest of your life with. Put her out on Instagram. Kind of take some good pictures. Take her to a nice dinner. I got you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, so this has been this has been a pretty fun interview so far. We got a couple final questions before we let you go. My final question, though, before we get to Drew's final question, is mm-hmm. back to your wrestling aspect. If you were to step in the ring today with any wrestler, living or non-living, who would it be? Oh God, it's gonna be a crazy answer. I kind of have my inspiration that is currently active is Matt Taven in Ring of Honor. And I hope he hears this. I'm going to tag him in. Because uh, I love the way he just works the crowd. It's it's like no other, in my opinion. He can get almost any phrase over. He had the whole kingdom conspiracy thing. And now he's, I'm Matt Taven. And he was the real world champion. And I just fell in love with that entire aspect of him, of his character. Um, I love his entrance music for some odd reason. (laughs) But it's just something so basic, but I love it. I love the entire kingdom, but Matt Taven really sticks out to me. And I really hope 
I get to wrestle him one day, and I hope he hears this. <laughs> and, then, and then you get the W, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, I have two quick questions. Okay. One is UNC or Duke. Oh, oh, God. I don't even... Shoot. Oh, God. Do I have you, a little... You don't, I don't really... You don't even have to be a Carolina person. You you got to pick one. You can't be on both. I was going to say, I don't have an allegiance either, but... uh. Duke is the hill, so I'm just going to go with Duke here everybody hates them. <laughs> all right. It's kind of funny right. being on the hill side of things. And then the last question, uh, when's your next match? Do you want to give it a shout-out to the listeners? Okay, as of right now, I'm on student shows because I just did start. So my next match is July, 20, or July 19th, I believe. It's actually at the school for now, uh, which is – I forgot the address. But it's the EWA Pain Factory. It's in Dundalk, Maryland. Uh, then in August, we'll have another student show. I'll pretty much be on that in September. That's our next main show, our next paid show. So, um, I'm a call up. We can possibly, it's possible, but I mean, it could be my call up is pending right now. So you never know. It could happen September. It could happen January. It could happen next year. We don't know. Are you projected to win? Anyway, uh, the next one. I don't know if I can spill that, but I just know I'm facing a former champion, and that's that's where I'm gonna leave it. I, I, I think uh, I think I think we're getting a little foreshadowing there. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all, right. all right, Rico, the man with three names. This is a lot of fun, man. We really appreciate you coming on the podcast with us today. Hey, it's no problem at all. All right, take it easy, DJ Red Boogie. <laughs> all right, you do the same. And that interview with Rico Diamante was brought to you by our friends over at Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app for prop bets. Well, actually, they're not new anymore. They're adolescents. They're up and they're growing. Nonetheless, our friends over there have streamlined the drafting process, eliminated the need to do those unnecessary hours of research by using only the top-tier athletes. These are people you know. You're not going to have to look for them. You're not going to have to dig under the covers. Instead of the traditional salary cap format you'll find on other DFS sites, you get to build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ICE picks that allow you some protection in case of any late-game scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over-under point value assigned to it, and you are rewarded that point value if the prop you select is correct. For example... Our friends over at uh, Thrive Fantasy have now added in PGA Tour. That's right. They got golf out there for you bougie fuckers. I love it. I'm going to be betting me some golf this weekend. Is Dustin Johnson going to score over under minus three in the round? Is Jordan Spieth going to hit three balls in the water? Who knows? I'm guessing not. He's way too good and handsome for that. The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team around the moment amount the amount of correct props you select remember to enter our code section 312 they've shortened that for us to sec 312 that's sec 312 when you sign up and they're going to instantly match you on up to ten dollars on your first deposit that's right they're going to give you some free money just by entering our code find them in the app store find them on google play apple market check them out thrive fantasy now with PGA Tour. All right, Q-Man, let's get to our new and improved segment section. Yeah, let's let's jump into the section and uh, let's jump into the sections. Let's start off with the BGOTW. 
Yeah, man. The, we're, we're sticking with the oldie but a goodie, right? We, we, we uh, starting five is is uh, in off season, but that doesn't mean ball guys are going into off season. In fact, we're thriving right now. But the biggest thriving bald man, and you're gonna hate this, but our boy Matt over there is gonna love this. Is the king of St. Louis baseball, Albert Pujols, makes his return to St. Louis. He got literally standing ovations the entire weekend, every at-bat. Cardinals fans were lining up to be able to see his last moments or likely last moments in Bush Stadium. And it was it was an awesome scene. Yadier Molina and him traded jerseys at the end. Yadier and him were playing around the whole time. I, I loved it. Matt, I mean, what, what did you think? Because there was a really cool moment. Matt was at the game. That's what I'm saying. We got live action. So, Matt, you were live on the scene in St. Louis Saturday at the game. Got to see King Albert take one of his last uh, go rounds around the stadium. Did you cry? Uh, I did not cry. I was too busy, like, jumping up and down and saying, holy crap, that actually freaking happened. That freaking happened, dude. Now, did you cry when you hit the home run? This is that's what I'm talking about. I did not cry. I was too busy like going crazy with everybody else. I have not seen a reaction in my life though of someone going into another stadium in another jersey and getting the types of chance that he did though, which is really cool in the St. Louis. I'm like, I'll, I'll definitely give it to you guys as like a baseball town that like real class act of St. Louis, which is a rare stroke of genius for you guys. But I really do think it was a it was a great home welcoming for Albert after all that happened. I know that there was some bitterness over like when he left for the angels, but you know, I think it was really cool. Everything they did for him. And I think he was deserving a ball guy of the week for sure. For sure. Most definitely. And like whatever happened in 2012, 13, whatever else, you know, that will be ignored because Albert gave the best 11 years of his life in St. Louis. And like, you can't forget all of those memories and accomplishments and achievements it's it's too awesome so, so you gotta a, give the guy here's respect. a take for you matt within the next five years will albert pujols have his number and image put onto the outfield wall in bush stadium i would i would like to almost guarantee it um he he's definitely going to uh i mean it won't happen until he retires and then whenever he retires, number five won't be worn ever again. This is my this is my uh, guarantee. Yeah, I don't think you're very. I, I, yeah, I I am in the. I I agree with you. I mean, I think like as just a figure period, especially in an era coming out of the steroid era, a dude that was never mentioned, at least as far as I can remember, that put up ungodly numbers. I mean, Pujols was a killer. He was a Cubs killer. Quentin had to watch him just stroke, fucking jerk off on the Cubs for at least 10 years, right? I like, like I felt like every day it was either him or fucking Prince Fielder. Every single day. Or Joey Votto. It would just cycle through all three of those. Yeah. I mean, he he poked that city. He will He will be retired. He will be loved. I was going to pitch the question of is there any chance that he doesn't wear a Cardinals hat in the Hall of Fame but it's not even that's not even up for debate. I think it's I think it's a certainty at this point. So and that ball guy of the week was brought to you by our friends over at Karaoke Adventure. 
the OGs, they've been with us since the beginning. Serving all of your Chicago land needs for karaoke fun. They come to you. You know it. They bring everything you need for the occasion. PA, mics, TV, lighting. They'll do your birthday parties, family gatherings, block parties, or a night with friends. Everything y'all need for a single good time. They've been with us since the beginning, guys. You gotta check them out. They do great stuff, great work. All over Chicago, 30 years of experience. Hit them up. Eric St. Michael's, 773-732-6597. Tell them the boys from Section 312 sent you. Check them out on Facebook, see some videos and more. Karaoke Adventure at Facebook.com. Give them a look. Check them out, guys. I like the ball guy of the week, but now it's time for another Matt's Mind Moment. You're kind of on the hot seat with this Matt's Mind Moment, and Andrew will tell you why. Matt, we, we need this word needs to be collegial. And by that, I want like, there, there's like, you know, when you're a kid, they're like, you're at this reading level. Well, we're picking, we need to pick words that are like out of the stratosphere of even a reading level. Like, I want something that like, even a PhD in like English wouldn't probably know. Like, I'm talking like, like something that has over 13 letters in it. Like something, something huge that's like, or something so niche that only like 3% of this population could ever actually know without being told the definition. Cause we're going to try to use it in a sentence. I can't do victory because I think 99% of our audience and Quentin are fucking idiots. And we know what victory means. So you got I you mean, gotta, I, you gotta, last, last week when I said victory, I just wanted to rub in that the blues won and you guys don't say <laughs> that's all I was I, trying to, I, that's all I was trying to do. I it know, was man. The you're, word you're of good. the week, like that's all I was thinking about, you know. <laughs> no, you're you're good, man. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so actually, I don't have a word. I have this day in sports history. Okay, the, his Matt's mind moment. I like where he's going. <laughs> um, there, uh, not too much happened on the 27th of June, but uh, I have a couple uh, birthdays for you. Uh, in 1918, this uh, American swimmer, uh, an American uh, Olympic gold medalist, Adolph Kafer, was born in Chicago, Illinois. And then <laughs> in 1956, uh, you got Brad Childress, an American football coach, born in Aurora. And uh, 1967, Michelle Torres, um, American tennis star, born in Chicago. And then uh, just for just for shits and giggles, I got uh, 1970 Jim Edmonds of the St. Louis Cardinals, born in <laughs> Fullerton, California. Oh, so okay, so three three takeaways from that. I'm gonna I'm gonna just rattle off. One, you definitely picked that strictly because fucking Jim Edmonds was born on that day, and I totally actually, respect dude. That. I was like, hey, look, there's a bunch of birthdays, and it's Chicago. And I was scrolling down, and I was like, <laughs> oh crap, Jim Edmonds. I need to put that in there too. That's you had to slide happened. it in. I, hey, hey, real respect's real. Two. Yeah. Two. I had no idea Brad Childress was born in fucking Aurora, Illinois. I would have never guessed that. Three. The name Adolf has aged very poorly since the 1920s, so I don't think there's many of those around anymore. I will tell you <laughs> this, though. It's spelled with a PH at the end, not an F. So. Oh, God. Oh, so he, so he fancy. Yeah, it's completely guy. okay. Yeah. Was, he was born and named before all that bad stuff happened. So That's what I'm saying. The name has aged very poorly since the 1940s. Yeah, I don't know don't anybody. Slut, <laughs> would highly guess there, would, I would take a big old 
that paycheck that there's not a lot of Adolfs out there anymore. And if you do, you're probably in a little bit of trouble. So that was another segment of Matt's Mind Moment. And Matt, I think you redeemed yourself a little bit on, on that segment. I like that. The little freedom here. Okay. So now it's time for a new segment that we're calling Seat Check. You know when you get up and you go leave and you don't want anybody to take your seat? Well, you say Seat Check. This is a segment where we ask our listeners to send us questions using the hashtag seat checked. They can be questions regarding anything, sports, non-sports, topics they want discussed, anything like that, to seat check it. So by the time we come back to section 312, it's there for us to view. And this week, we have a question from Second City Picks on Twitter. They want to know... Will Albert Elmore remain with the Cubs long-term or eventually be sent down? I don't think he'll be sent down, but I think he may be trade bait. You think that Theo's that Theo's going to be uh, moving some chips around this trade deadline? You think I, that Elmore is on the, on the hot seat? I definitely think that they are going to be sellers at the trade deadline. How do you think they're going to be sellers if they're in first place? That's a wild take. Because I think they move Addison Russell. I think they move Carl Edwards Jr. And possibly Albert Elmore. But does that necessarily mean they'll be sellers? Like, yes, they're going to be giving away MLB talent. But do you think that they're going to be seeking to get something back that's also worthwhile for the next multiple years on the line? Like, you can turn that into a veteran, those three guys. Now, yes, I do believe that they are going to try and get pieces by becoming sellers. But when I say sellers, I mean probably more in favor for the other teams, such as the Jose Quintana deal, where they gave up Cease and Eloy Jimenez for Quintana. I mean, Elmore is 25, right? So, like, I think that that's about a ripe age to where you have the options, right? So, so if you want to go out and get a good veteran bullpen arm, I think Albert Elmore as a 25-year-old gives you uh, options to do that. I also think you're right in that you can get pieces. I think Addison Russell sits as more of a kind of guy that I look at that you'll be able to get good farm system prospects now i'm not talking you're going to be getting guys in the top 10 you know of uh minor league players or or top prospects but i think that you know if you're going to be shooting for pieces down the line russell serves that role better but i think elmora serves a better role as a piece in a deal to get a now veteran arm i don't know what you think about that no i completely agree all right cool you're making my life easier regular old fucking Keith Law out here. I'm just, I should be the trade machine on ESPN. Um, Okay. We're starting a segment that Quentin and I pitched that I'm going to call my my own baby outside the bald guy of the week. And I'm going to call it Drew doesn't get it. It's things in my life that I see that I just don't understand. And I'm going to let Matt and Quentin take a shot at being my own psychologist and telling me, or, or, you know, you guys are going to wear a lot of hats. We're going to have you be scientists. Y'all are going to be psychologists. Y'all are just going to explain my life to me and the things I feel and why I could potentially feel that way or why things happen the way they are. So let's hit it off with something that's deeply personal. 
Drew doesn't get it. Whenever I black out Quentin and Matt, I can never seem to take a piss in the toilet. I have to piss somewhere that's not the toilet. I always make a wrong turn. I get up, I go to the bathroom, and I just can't hit the fucking spot. And it's been a real problem for a while now. And I'm starting to get a little worried. Like, the other day, I, I fucking, I just took a piss in my bathroom. I was, but not in the toilet. Just fucking on the bathroom somewhere. Why it's happening in the shower, I, I don't fucking know. I fucking, I, I'm just going in the room. Maybe it's like a little wild animal in me, but I don't know. Drew just doesn't get why he can't piss in the toilet. Especially blacked out Drew. Disclaimer, I can hit, hit the toilet when I'm sober. This is strictly a blacked out problem. But when I'm when I'm blacked out, I just wake up. I'm like, the fuck, Drew? What, what are you doing? So explain it to Drew. Drew doesn't get it. I don't get it either. I, I, I don't get it. Especially when you walk in and think, you know, a nice, shiny, dark corner of a room is a toilet. And then you wake up in the middle of the night here in running water and almost get trampled. Uh, the, okay, I, I will. Let's let's. I'm gonna spin this right. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak in a positive manner though. I'm blacked out peeing, but I have been getting closer to the toilet. So maybe I'm I'm like in my brain I'm getting closer to my goal, but like it's always one wrong turn. Like I'm 90 degrees away from where I need to be. Why am I not? Why am I getting there? But I'm turning 90 degrees. It's just like a fucking fire hose at that point. Maybe maybe we need to like put like a shock collar on you when you drink and put flags up outside of every single room <laughs> except for the bathroom. So every time you go in, you get a little shock. And then when you finally get into the right room, you don't get shocked. <laughs> like a stray dog, like you'll give me a pathway that I can only stay within. And if I walk outside of that pathway... I feel like that could be problematic though if I, if there's liquid coming out. Like I feel like I could ch- I could wind up dying from that. I have a question. Whenever you are going to the bathroom, where are you coming from? Are you waking up? Yeah, I'm coming from my bed. It's always when I'm asleep. Just put a bucket in there so you don't have to worry <laughs> about the bathroom. Now you have one place to go. <laughs> Matt's got solutions. <laughs> Modern problems You're... require modern solutions. <laughs> I'll set up. You're right. I'll set up a series of buckets at every possible combination, like permutation of turns I could make to get to that spot. It's like bozo buckets, but with Andrew's pits. God, at least that way I could like track where I was, and like maybe I could just like like um condition myself to where I can make the right turns to not take a piss in a random spot because this is becoming a serious problem i'm like i'm gonna be with a girl and i'm just gonna wake up like blacked out get up one night i'm just gonna piss all over her bathroom i have a buddy who he probably doesn't listen so i will leave him unnamed but he also went through a similar phase in my undergrad and one time he pissed all over this girl's fucking bedroom like dresser drawers he was in her apartment that he was hooking up with, and he walked over and opened the drawer up and like took a piss in it while he was blacked out so oh i could top that my girlfriend's roommate she had a guy over and he was belligerent drunk and apparently you know he was sleeping over they were hooking up or whatever and then they passed out and she wakes up in the middle of the night and she's like what the fuck why is this shit wet the dude pissed all in her bed like 
down to the mattress. Everything. If you're that dude, if you're that dude, you get up in that moment when you if and you pray to God that she's asleep and then you get the fuck up and you block numbers and you get the fuck out of there and you never speak about it again. Like that's something you for, you just forget. Like you pretend it never happened. I think he slept in it. Yikes. Yikes. Drunk, drunk P is... Oh, sorry. If all these if, if these solutions fail for you, you could just get adult Pampers or adult Huggies, so you don't have to worry about it. I like the Big Daddy approach. Let's just throw some newspaper down. I'll just cover my entire floor in newspaper, all of every pathway, and just be like, at least then I can be like like a fucking untrained dog. I can be like, all right, well, I know where at least I was. Andrew doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. I just, I just don't get it. I, I just, I don't fucking get it, man. So, last segment for the show. It's a brand new segment we created in honor of the cup snakes that are making a big trend right now throughout the sporting world. It's called the cup snake chaos. Move over, starting five. We're cup snake chaos in this bitch for baseball season. Now, Matt and all of our listeners out there, let's explain a little bit of the cup snake chaos. All right, so I'm going to try my hand. I will give all props to Quentin because his genius brain came up with all this, not me. So in the Wrigley Bleachers, your goal is to drink a fuck ton of beers and build a cup snake with the great fans around you. And pretty much go through it until security catches you and ruins all of your fun. So what we went about doing this is each cup is going to represent a different athlete. So the synopsis of what this is going to be is every week one of us is going to pick a random word. And we're all going to go in a random order. Each letter in the word is going to add 10 seconds to the total clock that we have to complete the snake. So for instance, if we pick the word base, that's four letters, so 40 seconds. You can do the math. So for each letter, we're gonna each rotate around, not snake style this time, we're just gonna go regular draft. And you're gonna have to name an athlete starting with each letter of the word. So for base, for instance, we would go Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, Sam Shields and Edwin Encarnacion. And we're going to go through the entire word until the snake is completed. If the snake is failed by any of us one week so we run out of time, then the person who was last like hot potato style to come up with the name is going to get a strike. And we're going to go up to 10 strikes, and then we will have a to-be-determined consequence for whoever hits 10 strikes first. But the catcher here that we're going to use is if an athlete's name is said for any snake throughout the lifetime of Cup Snake Chaos, we are not allowed to use him or her again until next season when we bring back Cup Snake Chaos. Sound good, boys? I better study some rosters. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. Now, I want to add another thing in here with the cup snake. The word that you choose 
has to be a minimum of seven letters. Oh yes, we're not we're not going to keep these. Uh, yeah, we, we will we will not keep these short. Since I came up with the cup snake idea, I am going to take myself out of the running to choose this week's word. Now, what we did not mention is that each week, when you guys are listening to the cup snake. We are listening to the Cub Snake as well. We have no idea what the word's going to be. None of this is planned in advance. We have no idea who's going to go what, who's going to be said, where, any of that. So, like I said, I'm taking myself out of the running for this week's word, and I'm going to leave it between Matt and Drew. Matt, you are the guest so far of the Cub Snake idea. Heads or tails? Heads. Flip a coin. Tails. Drew, you get to pick the word for the snake. And before you choose the word for the snake, Matt, since you lost the flip, you can choose where you want to be in the draft. You want to go first, second, or third. Keep in mind, it's not a snake draft. I'll, uh, I'll go second. Also, um, what these names are, last names only, or is it first and last? It should Which letter are we up matching up with the word? First name. So the first name is the uh, letter in the word? Right. Yes. Okay. Any sport, any athlete. Okay. So. So, Drew, do you want to go first or third? Uh... I'll go first. Okay. I will be third. So it's going to go Matt. Or so it's going to go Drew, Matt, me, Drew, Matt, me. All right, boys. For the inaugural Cup Snake Chaos, we're going to keep these Chicago related, or at least I'm going to try to, because I think obviously being a beautiful and top Chicago sports podcast, we need to keep these city related. So the first word that we're going to use is Millennium for Millennium Park. For the spelling impaired out there, that's going to be M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-U-M. Are we ready? Ten words, or ten letters, a hundred seconds on the clock. Okay, I'm putting a minute and 40 seconds on the clock. Drew's starting it off. And let's go. Mike Evans. Yvonne Rodriguez. Le'Veon Bell. Lucas Giolito. Edgar Renteria. God, why am I blanking? Nick Novak. Nelson Cruz. Am I on I again? Yes. It's been I. Oh my goodness. 
How many seconds do I got? You got 30 seconds. Who to ask about it? Just Since you got 10 seconds, I'll give you a hint. He's a Seattle Mariner. Ichiro Suzuki. That's time. But we're going to give you the strike because you definitely fucked up that snake. I did. <laughs> the, the security met, took too long. Security came, took our snake before we got to build Millennium. Shame. And that was the cup snake chaos. It was chaos. It seemed so easy, but it was chaos. Now, Andrew, should we say our last two that we were going to say to round out Millennium? Or should we save it for next week? You gotta save it for next week. You don't want to waste it. Well, you might no, need it. because but we're gonna have a different word. So I think. Yeah, I mean, that, let's, I mean let's, you never know what the word is, though. You got you gotta have your names ready to go. No, it's, that's the whole point, though. This is a random thing. This is like supposed to be like on the spot. Yeah, we we don't have it. We this was just in my head for my next letter. My next letter was gonna be you. I had you, Baldo Jimenez. Oh, that's a good one, because you is a fucked up... Yeah. Alright. Well, I would have gone with M, and I would have gone with Mike Miller. So. Yeah, that's a good one, too. So that was the Cup Snake Chaos, guys. I think that was... I, th I like it. I do like it. I like it, too. It's a good little mental exercise, too. You get to, you get to put those brains to the test. See how quick... See if the drugs haven't fucked them up enough yet. So... I don't know, man. That, that we're, we're trying out new segments. We're working through it. We got a couple more in the tank that we're thinking of. Honestly, though, people that listen, reach out to us on Twitter. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't. We're still here trying to test drive these. You know, they're, they're, they're still prototypes, right? These are V1. We're trying to get these to, you know, a, a nice, fine Bugatti type machine. We're not, you know, Bugattis weren't built overnight. Let us know what y'all think it was like. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't. Quentin, wrap us the fuck up so we can get out of here. Yeah, that is our show for this week. Uh, go check out our website, section312.com. We have merchandise that have been flying off of the virtual shelves. Go purchase some merch. We are an affiliate of the Midwest Sports Network. Go show them some love at mwsnsports.net. Go subscribe and follow us on Twitter at O Section 312 on Facebook, Official Section 312, and Instagram, Section 312 Official, where we post the pictures of all of our interviewees who sit in Section 312. Continue to listen every week on Thursday when we release our episodes and follow along with our weekly uh, segments and so thanks for tuning in this week and we will see you guys next week in section 312.